It is an administration without the ability to lead. It is an administration that seems to have lost its ability to lead. It is an administration stuck, it seems, wanting to make America second best. Yes, that is what it seems. John Joyce says so on the floor of the House. Let's listen in. Uh, for what purpose does the gentleman from Pennsylvania seek recognition? Madam Speaker, I ask unanimous consent to address the House and to revise and extend my remarks. Without objection, the gentleman is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, in the past 18 months, President Biden has shown the American people that he and his administration are not prepared to lead. According to a new whistleblower report, problems at the Michigan baby formula plant were actually reported to the U.S. Department of Labor in February of 2021. Instead of addressing this crisis head on, the Biden administration squandered precious time. And as a result, American families were unable to buy the formula that their infant ch children so desperately need. As a father, I think back on shopping for children's formula for my own children. And I'm saddened by the thought of parents arriving today at the grocery store and seeing empty shelf after empty shelf. The longer that President Biden remains in office, one thing continues to become clear. Americans cannot afford the failed leadership that has allowed this crisis and so many crises to continue. Thank you, and I yield. Uh, the gentleman yields back. If you're talking about supply chains, you should ask Jack Reed what he learned from Catherine Tai. Point blank, he said, what is government doing to deal with supply chains in a congressional hearing? Senator Reed talking about the issues that are there. The Rhode Island man has basically come forward and said there is a need for greater efforts by government to expand supply chains and back it up so that it's not all flowing from one point. The American manufacturers should be encouraged, yes, if they want to outsource, but outsource wisely with multiple points of where the sources are coming from. So not everything is just coming from one part of the world. Africa, South America, and Central America are potential areas where outsourcing could be developed and help the local economies. And thus limiting the impact of poor political structures in those countries by boosting the population's earning capacity and making the countries better off. I just came from the banking committee hearing with uh, Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve. We, you know, we are facing an issue of uh, inflation, which is uh, significant, with multiple causes. But one that everyone admits to is the supply chain. And I know we have a uh, task force in place. Can you tell us what progress we're making on rearranging our supply chain? And just one other comment is that we, we built and took for granted a global supply chain built on efficiency and speed without sustainability or uh, the ability to uh, reconnect quickly. Uh, with the pandemic, that's been broken, and I don't know if it'll be put together again, but 
What are you doing in the task force on supply chain? Senator Reid, thank you for this question. Um, I, I, I wish that I also uh, were able to um, uh, visit um, uh, Chairman Powell's uh, um, uh, hearing because um, I know uh, how much inflation is impacting um, our economy and our people and how concerning it really is. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think that with respect to supply chains, the bottlenecks, the disruptions that we've had these last couple of years, um, that they have been a significant disruptor in our economies and um, significantly eroded um, our confidence, and our, I mean collectively, our American and, and worldwide confidence uh, in the global economic system, uh, which is why uh, working towards a version of globalization that is built for beyond efficiency, resilience, and sustainability is uh, our guiding principle in terms of our engagements with uh, all of our partners and our initiatives that are ongoing right now. Um, <clears throat> let, let me say this on, um, on um, supply chains in particular. Uh, I had a really uh, eye-opening conversation um, with um, a, a CEO and chairman earlier at the early parts of this year um, who is in um, the, uh, the banking industry. And we were talking supply chains, and he said to me, um, you know, as I've been looking at um, the supply chain challenges, uh, what strikes me is that uh, I would never have designed these supply chains to look like this. And at the time, I didn't quite understand what he meant by that. And I thought about it through the lens of uh, a banker. And what has uh, struck me is what I think is an important um, perspective, which is um, our supply chains have not um, taken into account uh, risk. Uh, they have been all about efficiency. And in terms of what we can contribute from trade uh, uh, to building supply chains that are more resilient, I think a key part of this is incorporating into our work on trade beyond tariff liberalization is how we can incentivize countries and more specifically our firms uh, to um, calculate in the risk of their supply chain design as they make their business decisions. And this is one of the key issue areas that we are raising with our trading partners and all the initiatives we have going on right now. Uh, I think that is a sensible approach. Can you give us any sense of uh, uh, tangible progress uh, in this regard of uh, rationalizing the supply chains, as you say, making them more robust and resilient? USDR was tasked with heading uh, the supply chain task force on an interagency basis. Um, we have uh, a list of all of the work that we have done over the course of the last year, which I won't go into, and I will um, uh, refer you to our website and let you know that it is there. Uh, but I think that um, uh, the most important work is yet to come. Uh, and has really got to be on an international basis. How do we connect our economies together and how do we, in a very, very clear-eyed way, identify the things that we have to do to correct for uh, a set of supply chains and a version of globalization that's built only for efficiency right now. And so I'll just uh, let you know that whether it's in the Indo-Pacific, whether it's our initiative with um, uh, Taiwan, the initiative that uh, on uh, the future of Atlantic trade that we have going on with the United Kingdom, um, the EU Trade and Technology Council, and all of these uh, different arrangements, uh, we are um, laser focused on this issue of our supply chain resilience. Thank you very much. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you. Ed Perlmutter, meanwhile, sitting on the House floor, has had it, and he is quoting from the Constitution's preamble, basically saying how failed this administration is that they're dealing with 
and that there is a need to look at how exactly things can improve in the United States. That Congress needs to act to make sure that indeed it is a government of, for, and by the people and not of, for, and by one party. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. We reserve, Mr. Speaker. Gentleman reserves. Gentleman from New York is recognized. Mr. Speaker, I now yield one minute to the distinguished gentleman from uh, Colorado, Mr. Perlmutter. Gentleman I, from Colorado is recognized for one minute. I, I thank the gentleman. Let's start with the beginning of the Constitution. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, and promote the general welfare. That's how our Constitution starts, to uphold the premise of the Declaration of Independence, of freedom to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This bill helps us move forward because it helps us with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. My friend complains about the red flag rule. It helps us with those individuals who suffer from domestic violence, who have suicidal ideation. But it helps the families destroyed at Columbine in my area and at the Aurora Movie Theater. This bill that I am so happy to advance today is pro-Constitution, pro-freedom, and pro-liberty. I yield back. The gentleman. Border security and the issue of supply chains are quite different, but in this case, it is basically the supply chain that is somehow continuing. You see, the cartels of Mexico have been making a huge amount of money smuggling drugs and people across the southern border. It seems their supply chain is not running out of supply, whether it's people who want to come into the United States or it's drugs like fentanyl, pills, opioids, and other dangerous substances that can hurt Americans. In fact, more than 200,000 Americans a year die from drug overdoses. Another 180,000 a year die from altered drugs, drugs that are actually not what the user thinks they're getting. And this is killing Americans, literally. Border security is important. James Comer pressured Biden officials on this on the floor of Congress. Here's what went down. Is fentanyl the deadliest drug currently coming across the border? Uh, Congressman, there are some others, but predominantly it is. And is fentanyl being manufactured in clandestine labs on the Mexican side of the border? Uh, yes, Congressman. And when they are manufacturing these synthetic opioids, where are they up? obtaining the uh, precursor chemicals from? Mostly from China, Congressman. What is this administration doing to hold China accountable for helping the cartels create and distribute fentanyl? Uh, Congressman, um, I uh, agree with the words um, of Secretary Blinken, who spoke recently about China policy, which is that we have to work with the PRC to make sure that the criminal elements within the PRC are held to account. Um, and if China is to be the global leader and demonstrate the leadership 
um, that it must actually hold accountable. So one of the things we're doing is I'm working very closely with our ambassador, Nick Burns in Beijing to see how we work together. We have very specific asks of the People's Republic of China and we've provided them the asks both um, um, in meetings as well as in writing. That means those asks are that we want you to make sure that there is labeling and you're following the uniform international shipping standards. We want you to make sure your companies know the customer, KYC, know your customer protocols all the way to the end user and making sure that some of these dual use chemicals we're keeping a track and working mutually to do that. Now, yeah. I spoke at- let, let me let me reclaim my time there. I, you know, we obviously don't feel that that's uh, a firm stance with China. We we all know from from history, China uh, is not the most truthful country we deal with. They steal our patent. They steal our intellectual property. Uh, they're contributing to the fentanyl crisis we have here in America. Now back to the Mexican drug cartels. They smuggle both people and drugs in their operations. Correct. Correct. Are the cartels using their human smuggling operations to facilitate their drug smuggling operations? Well, we believe sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. So it depends. There's reasons for both. Well, I, I can tell you in the region you've had so many questions is the Republicans on the Oversight Committee. We've been to the border uh, numerous times and the drug cartel tell us that, in fact, the drug cartels use human smugglers to get their uh, fentanyl across the border. So my question, sir, is why was the Southern border only mentioned twice in the National Drug Control Strategy for 2022? Uh, Congressman, uh, I might point to you that there's an entire part of the responsibility of ONDCP is to provide border strategy. So there's entire accompanying document that focuses just on the border strategy, the Southwest border, the Caribbean border, and the Northern border. So there's an entire complement that, uh, that has uh, the, the border strategies, the full written uh, complement. Dr. Gupta, you know, we've been asked this question by many Republicans on, on the committee, and I'm gonna give you one last opportunity to answer the question since I'm the last question, and I wanna remind you that you are under oath, but do you believe the Biden administration is doing everything it can to control the illicit flow of fentanyl across the southern border? Congressman, I believe we can do more. And I think we, we need to do more. And I believe part of that requires making sure that we're holding Mexico to and Mexican government accountable for the, with the same level of energy enthusiasm that we are working on southbound gun trafficking, as well as cash trafficking. We want them to act uh, accordingly and as robust as we are because we put a lot of resources into Mexico. Uh, we could do more in terms of president's budget and making sure Congress uh, helps us with making sure that folks have the technology, the resources, as well as infrastructure. Uh, we think we can do more to uh, stop the shipment of precursors from China and make sure the next country in the line does not substitute for that. We well, also here, here, and and I'll, I'll close with this, my time's about up. You know, there, there aren't many areas right now, unfortunately, where there's bipartisan agreement in Congress. There's one agreement that uh, the fentanyl is coming across the southern border and this administration needs to do more. Uh, when you ask for more funding, 
But when we talk to the Border Patrol, they say that this administration continues to do things to tie their hands, like the recent announcement to suspend Title 42. Uh, that's only making the illegal border crossings significantly increase. When the boarding, when the border cross okay. crossing increases, there's more drugs that go across the border. So this administration is going to have to get serious. You can't have, Madam Chair, I'll, I'll wrap it up here. You can't have a committee hearing on the uh, national drug control strategy and the federal response without addressing the crisis at the southern border. And that's what we have is a crisis. And this administration's response is. Uh, substandard and it's only making a bad situation worse. I yield back. That's a quick look at Congress this weekend. I'm Mike of New York on this 4th of July weekend. Hope you're enjoying it and uh, enjoying the fact that this is, after all, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all, truth, justice, and the American way. That's what we all dream, hope, and pray for. God bless you. God bless these United States of America. I'm Mike K. Cohen, also known as Mike of New York. Have a great day.